It's the Blues Rock Show with Pete Francis and Willie Witten. Welcome to the Blues Rock Show. I'm Pete Francis, joined by Willie Witten. Willie Witten, you're wearing the BRR shirt, but it's anything but cold right now. Uh, yeah, that's Pete. I think you know about this, too. Down here in, in the middle part, in the southwest part of America, for all those living overseas, it is anything but burr. It's about 95 degrees now in Austin. Pete, I think you guys somehow have it worse. It's about 100 degrees here, but you know what? It's a good time to be in BRR cooling, Willie. Ooh, yes, it is. Yes, it would be. Or maybe not, because in Texas, supposedly, we're going to have more power outages. Alas, who cares? I'll still be able to play some music. Speaking of music, Pete, the summer's just getting started. There's some big albums coming out. Do you have any that are really piquing your interest? Any you want to talk about and why? So, yeah, Willie, this summer, we've already had a ton of great releases in June and July is no different. And really going forward this entire summer, we've got just tons of great albums because I think there's just a lot of artists who are maybe sitting on their music and waiting until they could get back on the road to release it. But I think obviously one album that I'm really looking forward to is Kingfish's new album, 662. He already released the first single for that album. And I think this is an album that I'm really looking forward to because a couple of years ago, I got to see Kingfish live at the Dallas International Guitar Festival. And this was right before his debut album dropped. And he absolutely blew me away at that festival. He was fantastic. I thought he stole the show. He was really great. Then he releases his debut album, Kingfish. That wins a ton of awards. I think he won four Blues Music Awards, yeah. something like that, his first year. And then he picked up another two this year. This album, I'm definitely looking forward to it because he had so much momentum releasing that debut album, winning all those awards. And then all of a sudden the pandemic comes and it's like, boom, it's just, it kind of crushes that momentum. But now he's releasing this album in July. And I think it's a chance for him to kind of recapture that momentum and, and really continue building his career because he's on such an upward trajectory. And I think it's really exciting. Another album I do want to mention is the upcoming album from Robert John and the Wreck. And that's coming out in September. And this is a band that I feel is just so underrated. And they've been around the block now for a little while, but they write just great songs, really catchy tunes. The musicianship is top notch and they've made blues rock reviews, top 20 albums of the year yeah. multiple times, but I still feel like more people need to know about them. I really think they're one of the most underrated bands out there, Willie. Yeah, I think they're great. And like you said, bands that people don't know about I, not everyone, obviously, but with people who are fans of the genre, I feel at this point know about Kingfish. Another guy that falls maybe into the category and he's got an album coming out of Robert John and the Wreck, as great musician, maybe not quite as well known, I don't know why, is Jonathan Boogie Long. We got to see him this year at Dallas International Guitar Festival. Yeah, he I was awesome. He's really great. Great showman. I love his sort of stage persona. He comes out smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I love it. Um, and in that vein, I believe the title of this album coming out is Parable of a Southern Man. Now, he's released a single, Savior's Face. He's got a, another song called Madison Square Garden, which talks about the aspirations of a young musician, where, where for him, that's making it. That's fulfilling the promise. You, you know, Savior's Face is a bit religious. 
What I find intriguing about that sort of little glimpse into the album so far is that it makes me think that maybe he's going for more than just a blues gunslinger, which he certainly is, but it almost seems like maybe he's reaching for something like a semi-concept album, which I think would be really cool because this genre does not have a lot of those bigger expansive concept albums. Whether he can pull it off or not, or whether I'm even on target for what he's going for, who knows, but I'm certainly looking forward to it. So yeah, that's the album that I'm looking most forward to because I know about Robert John and the Wreck. I know Kingfish. You got to believe those have to be good. This seems like it could be a reach, and I think the guy's got the talent to pull it off. So that's my big one, Pete. Yeah, Willie, and I've actually had a chance to listen to that album, and what really impresses me is his versatility. And when we had a chance to sit down with him in Dallas, we kind of talked about how the blues brought him in, but he's so much more than a blues artist. He's very versatile. He can play a lot of different genres and he's got a lot of different styles. And I think he really brings that to the table with this album. So it could be an album that helps him get a greater reach and out to more people. And he deserves it. So good luck. I hope it fulfills everything that we're hoping for. I wanna talk about something else, Pete, that's been in the news recently. And it's not a breaking news idea, but it's back in the news because there's a, I don't know if you call them a collective, it's certainly not, it's a company. They're called Hypnosis. And what they are doing is they are back in the news for trying to raise through shares of stock, another 150 some million pounds and what they do, Pete, is they buy up song catalogs. They buy up individual hits. All right. So they already have, you know, a billion dollars under asset. I think in the year 2020 alone, they spent a billion dollars buying songs, buying the rights to be able to license these songs and to further capitalize. So the gentleman's name who's in charge of this and I want to look down because it's, it's not a name that I know well, Merck Mercuriidis. If I mispronounce it, I'm, I'm sorry. But this gentleman, Merck, he's been around the music industry forever. What he's doing with this venture is he's trying to compete in a way with some of the big three to get some of these songs to better manage some of their licensing because he believes that going forward, these hit songs are more valuable than gold. So that's the background. Pete, what I wanna ask you is, and I'll read one quote of his before I let you answer the question, but I will say, quote, how do we change what's going on today where the songwriter who provides the most important component in an artist having success is the lowest rung on the totem pole. So he's approaching this with the benevolence that he's trying to help the songwriters in general in this new age of streaming. So here's my question, Pete. Do you believe him? Do you believe he's gonna help the artists and specifically the songwriters? Or do you think he's just another company that's gonna be like Sony, that's gonna be like Universal? What do you think? Well, how is he helping songwriters on an individual basis because i guess i think from my perspective looking at it and i i don't know a whole lot about this but when you're acquiring all those those um you know songs and things like that 
to make money today in the streaming world, I think it's all about volume and how many songs you have because the more songs you have, then the more potential royalties you could get. If you're an artist that's only put out one album, you're probably not making a lot of money. Right. But some artists, you know, or maybe it's an artist that's put out 50 albums. If you got 50 albums out in the world that are streaming, well, you're probably going to make more money than the artist that only has a couple albums. So I think it's all about acquiring as much music as you can. And the more music that you have, the more plays you're going to get and the more money you can potentially make. And I think in the streaming world, that's what it's all about. And that's why Spotify is encouraging artists to continually put music right. out there because the more music that you put out there, the more plays you're going to get. And ultimately the more money you're going to make because basically, you know, with streaming, obviously artists are not making a lot of money, which is why they are, need to put out more music mm-hmm. to kind of make up for that. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. To maybe to play the side to defend this gentleman who I've never met and have only read about. But one of the things Mr. Mercuriitis says is that he believes that what has been ignored in the past is placement. So the sync licensing. So when you look into a commercial and when you see a song in a movie, that is money that then goes back to artists. That's another stream of revenue. One of the things that his company is doing is they are dedicating more employees to a smaller section of songs with the intention of doing a better job of placing quality songs. Now, I'm maybe just going to surmise that he thinks that will drive up the price of these songs when they are then acquired by his firm, which then is, of course, traded publicly as S-O-N-G, song, on the London Stock Exchange. Pete, I'm sort of with you as far as I don't really know what to make of it. I believe that a guy like he, who has so much experience in the music, can eventually help some of these songwriters, maybe. But it still feels like he's acquiring the songs and the shareholders sort of benefit for the future earnings. I guess, Pete, the reason why I asked you is I don't know what to make of it, but it certainly seems to be something that's happening. Hypnosis is one of the companies. They may be one of the biggest and the most visible, but they're not the only ones. It's just another piece of news, Pete, in our ever-changing musical landscape. I don't know. Do they become the next Spotify? Do they become the next Sony? Do they become their own thing? I, I don't yeah, know. Well, and we talk about adapting a lot and having to change in the music industry. And artists have had to do that over the past decade through social media. Yeah. And today there are so many different social media platforms. You got Facebook, you got Twitter, you got Instagram, you got TikTok, you've got YouTube. I mean, you've got so many different social media outlets out there. My question to you, if you're an artist, if you could only have one social media channel, which one would you pick? Would you allow me to answer a question with a question? Why not, Willie? Okay. Am I looking to focus more on getting my music out or making more money? Whichever social media platform is going to be of the most benefit to you as an artist. As an artist, I think it's got to be, from everything I read, it's got to be Instagram. And I know it seems like it's maybe the farthest from, you know, because you spoke about YouTube. YouTube or even something like Facebook, we have bigger clips sometimes you you can focus more on the music but i keep reading about how much people are paying for instagram influencers and and how instagram because it's so centered on the mobile device 
how it's so accessible to anyone, to any fan at any time. I think that centric, I, I'm sorry, that mobile centric idea of Instagram is what gives it a bump in today's world where people watch full length movies on their mobile phones. People are paying millions of dollars to rep products on Instagram just to support them, just to wear them. You can make money performing a one minute ditty on Instagram. And if you're wearing someone's line of clothing that can be cash in pocket. So Pete, right now I think that if you can only choose one I think it would have to be Instagram. What do you think? Do you agree? I definitely see where you're coming from because Instagram is really kind of the, the most immediate way to get to your fans. And it seems like with music specifically, it really generates the best engagement from a fan base level. But if I'm an artist, I'm not just thinking about that sort of engagement. Instagram is great if you can leverage that artist and kind of bring them to other platforms. A couple of things I don't like about Instagram is one, you can't link to something specifically. Right. So if you have a product, your music that you're trying to sell, you can put the link in your bio, but you can't put it in an Instagram post. Right. My choice would be YouTube. And here's why. YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world behind what? Google. Right. And Google owns YouTube. So I think right there, that gives you a huge leg up because more people can find you on YouTube because people are searching for things. You can put your music on YouTube. You can monetize a YouTube channel, which is one big difference between YouTube and Instagram is you can't really monetize the Instagram page itself so much. You can leverage it and create opportunities from that. Yeah. But YouTube is kind of built in a way that you can monetize your YouTube channel directly. And if you choose to monetize in other ways and you want to bring them to other platforms because of YouTube, you can do that. And I think you can really leverage YouTube as well, like you can leverage Instagram, but I think you can leverage YouTube on another level. You can post your music videos on YouTube. So for me, as a musician, I would say you would want to do YouTube. If you could only have one, I think that would be the best route to go. All right. I agree with all that. And I hadn't thought about it. Having heard what you just said, maybe, and although I'm sort of cheating once again, trying to make you give me more options, but maybe what I'd do is I'd split it down the middle and say this, from what you said, I think you're right. If you're an up and coming artist, or if you're not in the top one, 2%, I think you're right. You got to go YouTube because you can immediately monetize. No one's going to pay you to wear their sneakers on your Instagram post. However, I'm going to stick by this and only in the situations where you're the top one or 2% of artists, I think you're going to make more bang for your buck on Insta. But I do see what you're saying. There's no direct monetization. So and you know what's know. crazy, Willie, like 10 years ago, I think everybody probably would have said Facebook. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So by the time we wake up tomorrow or next week, this following Monday, when we talk again, we're going to have different opinions. That's how quickly music is changing. Maybe hypnosis will have already crashed into the market and we'll be talking about the next Sony up and comer. I don't know. It's fast, Pete. Stay sharp. Yeah, so what do you guys think about the topics we discussed this week? Let us know down in the comments section below. Make sure to hit the like button. It really helps with YouTube's algorithm. And Willie really appreciates it. And I appreciate it as well. It definitely helps our egos, right, Willie? Yes, it does. We need those ego strokes, Pete. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we just actually put the podcast on a couple different platforms. We uh, had some requests for it. Willie, why don't you tell everybody about that before we go? 
So what we are doing is we are transitioning all our new, of course, going forward, BRS shows, the Blues Rock shows, will be in just audio-only format. For those of you who don't want to look at our ugly mugs every time you want to hear about music, I don't blame you. And we'll also put the rest of our back catalog in the next couple of weeks on there, too. We're going to be up on Apple, Spotify, Google, Deezer, all the ones you know and love. And if you don't know and love them, they are great platforms to hear about all sorts of music opinions, especially ours. So pay attention <laughs> to that coming forward. But please go ahead and check that out. Hit the like button. And Pete, we'll see everyone in what? About a week? Sounds great, Willie. All right. So make sure to subscribe. Hit that like button. But for now, he's Willie Witt and I'm Pete Francis. This is the Blues Rock Show. We'll see you next time.